It's Cheer. And this is Loathing. We're here to talk to you about movies. She, she loves, loves everything. everything. I hate everything. This should be fun. This is a morbidly beautiful podcast. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Cheer and Loathing featuring myself, Casey, as Loathing. And over there we have the always happy, bubbly, <laughs> smiley, whatever, Stephanie, who's also Cheer. Hi. There she I is. Hi, Cheer. Hello, she everyone. Is. Yes, uh, we're back after a little bit of a hiatus over the holiday break, if you want to consider that, even though yeah. we did drop an episode in there, a little bonus did episode. Did you miss me terribly? So we did that bonus episode that around uh, <laughs> around Christmas, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephanie forced me to watch some terrible, was, terrible stuff as per usual. But you know, we got through it. I had fun. That was fun because yeah. it felt like I was torturing you a little bit, and that was really that was like my Christmas treat. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but we're back talking about movies. What you really want to hear us do is bicker and bitch back and forth at each other about who's right and who's wrong. We always know I'm right because Stephanie's taste in movies is just whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, mine is super sophisticated and, you know, classy. Yeah. Yeah, that's really like if I had to choose one word to describe you, it would be classy. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) That's what my OnlyFans account says. Classy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I think it does, actually. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> so the two movies we are talking about today are kind of wintry themes, even though the one I presented to you, which was Antlers, uh, I knew literally nothing about this movie going into it. I just kind of okay. like saw the, the the cover, the poster. I was like, okay, I could get down with this. So I knew a couple of things mm-hmm. about it. And it takes place in the uh, what Pacific Northwest or something like that in Oregon. Yeah. And it's always winter there, so that counts. It's just kind of what I'm going with. Uh, but yeah, the other it's, one, it's no, got no. a very, it's got a very strong winter vibe. I think you did. It's good. got like a definitely. They wear coats and jackets, so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, it's wintery. It's in the transition between fall and winter, anyway. Um, yeah. And then you picked Red Snow, which is definitely a winter-based movie. Yeah. Yeah, I understood the assignment. What is this, a TikTok? <laughs> Am I going to have to play that song now? Uh, yes, you do. Um, <clears throat> that should be, that's going to be our new, like, trend. Like, every episode, you're going to play some, like, random TikTok song. Because the last one you did, you, we did, you played uh, the, the piggy. piggy song, which gave me so much joy, <laughs> I can't even get to yeah, express. I love that song. <laughs> um, I, I, I know yeah, the perfect so- song that I can play. And it okay, works for both okay. of us. It's it's that uh, that song by don't Gail. Tell me, don't tell me. Okay. Oh, well, I can't shit. play it. I can't play it because it's okay. it's got to be a copywritten song. Oh fuck! All right. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Is there? There's like a rule that you can play like a certain play like, amount of like seconds of it. Four seconds, I think. Something can you like imagine that. this shitty little show getting sued? I mean, it's like, come on. Like, you certainly you've got bigger fish to fry, but. I like how you uh, hold our, our show in such high it. regard. Well, I mean, I love our show, but come on, we're not like, we don't have millions of listeners. You know, no, like. but Morbidly Beautiful is a pretty big site. Oh, yeah, well it's, known. A, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Well, people know it. <laughs> you know, celebrities um, and, and famous people read it, uh, apparently. Oh, as yeah. I've, as I've, 
when we did that when i did the interview series for uh my other podcast the women in horror one a few years ago uh catherine cochran from um what's it called the the fucking clown movie the, thank you that's a goddamn i couldn't think of it yeah, she I was like yeah her, we're, we're a reader and you know she'd like to be on it so wonderful there that i uh, count her as famous god, god bless her she is famous and she's adorable and i love her so catherine if you're listening huge fans shout out yeah absolutely <laughs> um okay back to all right she, as she slams the desk in passion i right. didn't slam the desk <laughs> I guess. again we had an offline conversation about how casey hears every I hear fucking everything. thing that i do there's a like, fly just, currently farting three feet yeah. behind you <laughs> i mean i could barely barely tap anything he's like what the hell are you doing so um it's true i'm gonna be purchasing a new microphone so that casey <laughs> will shut the hell up about my ambient noise but just fyi yeah well yeah. all right so, we, this week, we both actually, I think we, I don't know that we've done this before, we both picked very recent releases, so they're both like mm-hmm. late 2021 releases, mm-hmm. um, but very different feel, films in yes. every possible way. Yeah. And I, so I, you know, as per our format, um, we both pick a film that we haven't seen before, um, but I have seen Antlers, which was your pick. Mm-hmm. And I have actually, I did, you probably didn't read it because you don't read my stuff, but I did write about it on Morbidly Beautiful. That's not entirely true. I read some stuff, but this movie some, I wanted to go in completely blind. Yeah. Or so as blind figured, as possible. I figured you probably didn't read it or you read it and was like, oh, that'll be a good film for us to fight about. Because when you picked <laughs> Antlers, I was like, what the fuck is Casey doing? And I didn't say a word because I was like, oh, this uh-huh. will be fun. Uh-huh. Um, because I have seen Antlers and, um, I, I, I know about it. And so, and I knew, I know about you and what you like and don't like. Uh Uh-huh. So I guess I'm sort of inclined to cover Red Snow first. Okay. Um, but we can do whatever you want, but I feel like we might want to save the Antlers conversation because I'm, I'm just going to guess and I could be completely wrong that that might be a doozy of a conversation for us to have. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what your your thoughts completely are on it. I assume you really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we What's can definitely that? do Red Snow first if that's what you want. I have a question for you though before we get started. Go for it. Do you think I liked either of these movies this week? No, I think there's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you might. It's Red Snow. It could go either way because it see it's funny because I picked a film that is more in your wheelhouse and you picked a film that's more in my wheelhouse. Because mm-hmm. um, Red Snow is a horror comedy and you kind of you kind of dig that sort of thing sure. sometimes. Yeah. And art and uh, Antlers is an art house horror <clears throat> film which you definitely do not dig, but it is really like my jam. Mm-hmm. So I I'm pretty sure if I was a betting woman I would say you definitely did not like Antlers. Um, and if you do, I'm going to be, like, very surprised. Okay. Um, Red Snow could go either way. Uh, I thought, because I thought it was charming and adorable, there's a good chance that you hate it, because that's just how it usually goes. Uh-huh. But if you were going to like any of them, you would like Red Snow, although there's a real good chance that you hate both of these films. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's let's, let's just get up. started. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. Red Snow. Uh, so you said that you liked it. 
Yeah, do you want me to start with giving just a little bit of like what the hell this film is for people yeah. who don't know? Let's go for it's it, because nobody's ever heard of this. Let's just face it, yeah. nobody's ever heard of this movie. Yeah, which is why I picked it, because I like to pick films that... Um, How do you find these, by the way? Well, you know, I run a horror website, so I <laughs> I see... I mean, this has been reviewed on the site before. It's also... It was really big on the festival circuit. Um, so, for people who are into indie horror, it got a lot of buzz, but it also is an indie horror film, so it wasn't a big, splashy, like, Netflix release that Mm -hmm. everybody heard about. So I was aware of it, but I hadn't seen it. It was one of those films that I was like, I should see that at some point, and I just never got around to it. So when this theme came up, I was like, oh, shit, I know what we're going to (laughs) watch. All right. Um, All right, so it is a 2021 American horror comedy. It was directed by Sean Nichols Lynch. Um, it stars Denise Cisneros as a supernatural romance author living in Lake Tahoe who comes into conflict with vampires over the Christmas holidays. It had its international premiere at London Fright Fest on August 26, 2021, and it was released on December 28th. Um, so, and it's, uh, you know, I didn't write it down, but I know that it's got a pretty high Rotten Tomato score. Um, 73. Was, yeah, percent. there you go. So and 62 on so, the um, I'm ready for you. I, I got them both open up for you. Thank you. So mm-hmm. I think most of the uh, most of the buzz that I heard was pretty positive. Um, I think people generally found this pretty charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert, we already talked about it. I found it quite charming and endearing, and it was like mm-hmm. the perfect film to watch when I watch it because I had kind of a shitty week. Aww. And I really needed something. I don't, oh, when don't I really you have a shitty something. week, though? Never. Really never, honestly. Yeah. But it just, I feel like <laughs> every week gets worse and worse. I'm like, well, this is the worst week ever. And it just keeps topping itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that trend. My job is trying to kill me. If you <clears throat> follow me on Instagram, you would know that. Um, I do. Uh, and I, I often read your posts on Instagram, unlike some people who you. never read mine. <laughs> Shut up. I I'm read your saying. stuff. Do you? What was the last thing I posted? Well, you've been posting <laughs> on, um, I know you've been posting on the Ominous Origins Instagram. Yes. And you've been doing this really cool video series, which I really like and forgot to tell you that I uh-huh. think that's really fun and, and I appreciate it quite a bit. So well, thank you. if you guys are not following Casey's other podcast, the Ominous Origins podcast, um, you should be listening to that. It's really short and really fun and really informative. And also, I'm just giving you like a plug right now. I don't know why the fuck I'm doing that, but I'm doing it anyway. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I'll and, take the free uh, advertising. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. You guys should definitely, definitely check that out. I really enjoy it. And his Instagram is really good. And I know that you've been like trying to do more on Instagram, which I'm super <laughs> proud of. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to feel bad aside. in a minute. When you're going to be an asshole to me? You won't yeah. feel bad at all. <laughs> don't lie. You'll love every minute of it. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, so my job sucks, but that's beside the point. Right. Um, I watched this when I was like, oh, my God, I hate my life. And it really, like, cheered me up, and it made me smile from ear to ear, and I was just delighted from beginning to end. So that's my, like, spoilerly high-level um, take on the film. Um, okay. I don't know. Do you want to do your overall take, or do you want to – how do you want to dive into this one? Uh. uh. I mean, I wrote a lot of notes on both of these movies this week. Oh, shit. You never write notes. This I know. is big time. I know. That's probably not I, a good sign. I'm turning Your over a new Your notes are leaf. usually like, yeah. 
You're absolutely dead fucking on. I knew it. And I said that very Canadianly. <laughs> Canadianly. I can't Canadian-ly. I can't even say that. Canadianly. Uh, Canadianly. Canadianly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I remember um, yeah. go on. No, no, go on. You no, no, f- no. Finish that thought before I go into there, this. There was there was no thought. I was basically <laughs> gonna say, um, so tell me about it, but there you go. Okay, well, I, I, as you know, I tend to watch these movies the day of and the day before, so they're super fresh in my brain. Um, yeah. And so I watched this one this morning, and I remember the very first thing that popped up on the screen was, like, that, that girl running through, looking for her dog through the woods or something like that. Mm-hmm. And within seconds of that popping up, I wrote, right off the bat, it looks like shit. Really? There was zero time spent on atmosphere in the technical sense. So like color grading or adding any sort of post-production value to it at all. And that opening scene, I, it, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like those movies within a movie, you know, like when, uh, like Scream 2 or 3, whatever one they're making the movie on the set. And uh, like, or Scream 4 even, like right at the beginning when it's like, oh, this is happening. And then you're just kind of waiting for the director to yell cut. And then like the real movie starts. That didn't happen though. And I'm like, uh oh, that's what we're getting into. And that was the feel I got for the entire movie was I was just kind of waiting for the real movie to start with the director going cut. All right. Now here's like, you know, something happens to the, the cast and crew, but it didn't. And uh, I was very disappointed. Can I say something? No. Yes, go on. <laughs> I'm going to anyway. Um, I don't feel emotionally prepared for this discussion. I know we're in it and there's no <laughs> way out now, but I feel like I wasn't I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, we've sort of over the history of this podcast um, pushed our recording time earlier and earlier, mm-hmm. which is actually like really good because it like, you know, we have the rest of the day and it doesn't kind of cut into the middle of the day. So it's really nice. But Mm -hmm. also I'm sort of thinking we might want to rethink that and start doing it later because I would like to drink during this podcast. (laughs) It's a little too early for that, but I think I need to start. What do you mean? It's a Sunday. You can drink at any time. Sunday at noon just feels a little, a little wrong to get to the hardcore alcohol. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What, What you mean? You mean like your white claws and your, your fruity fritzes and your seltzer oh, okay. waters. Anyway, no, when I'm talking to you, I need something harder than that. Break it to Jack I need Daniels. Some real alcohol. Um, so that's just a little aside for the future. Um, yeah, I, ugh, I, I knew there was a chance you were going to do this, only because you just like to hate on everything that's beautiful and, and good. In this the world. is not beautiful. Like, this is far from a beautifully so shot movie. No. Okay. Okay. So it's so fun. Do you remember it's a conversation a that we had? I don't know, probably last year sometime where uh, there was a, a film studio that produces independent films. And they, they contacted me through my podcast, my other podcast, and asked me to review a couple of things. And I, and I was coming to you for advice because you're the pro at this. I'm like, I don't really like them. 
but I don't want to like tear them apart because I want to maintain kind of like a professional relationship with this company or whatever, right? <clears throat> and it's it's kind of hard to explain, but one of the things I said to you was the movie reminded me of a Hallmark movie, just horrorized. Like it was all very bright, it was very shiny. Nothing really was, there was no risk taken. There was nothing that really stood out. It looked like it belonged on the Hallmark Network, whatever TV network plays Hallmark movies over the holidays. That's what this reminded me of. It was clean. It was too clean. It was bright. It was vibrant. And it just had no horror atmosphere at all whatsoever at any point in time in the film even the night scenes were like a bright blue color you know what's funny and not funny haha but funny like <laughs> inter- slightly interesting um i so this criticism that you're heaping on red snow mm-hmm. antlers does the exact opposite like it does it the is exact opposite you're right dark and broody atmospheric and all those things and i have a feeling you hate that too so i don't know i mean i don't know if we want to go back and forth and talk about that or we just want to save it but i'm just gonna let's save let's save antlers for antlers and let's just continue to shit on this piece of crap well i god you know i actually wrote down a prediction here and when uh, so this is kind of going on to the the whole like hallmark look thing i feel like it lacks a substance like it's it's it just it feels heartless and cookie cutter and like i said hallmark movie but i half expected you to say when i said hallmark movie well that's the point it's supposed to look like that because it's set at christmas (laughs) you know but you didn't so uh, you might have been thinking it I mean, I do think they were going for a specific tone and atmosphere and, you know, charm for this movie. I mean, I do think that the way it looks and feels is intentional. Um, I get that it's not your cup of tea. but But see, then why do all indie films of this level, like there's obviously different levels of independent films. And this is like a higher budget independent film, I would say. Uh, why do they all look like that? All the ones that spend this amount of money, whatever that might be, a hundred thousand, a million dollars, whatever it might be on this movie, they all look like this. Like that, that film studio that sent me a bunch of screeners to watch all looked exactly like this. Identical. You could put them side by side by side and you'd be like, it's the same movie. Yeah. I have multiple questions, but here's the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. If you had to choose, mm-hmm. would you rather have this where everything's very bright and crisp and, um, you know, super, you could see everything really well, or like those really dark movies that are shot at night with like bad lighting and it's very hard to see anything? Well, there's a difference between... I mean, they're they're moodier and more atmospheric, but go ahead. Well, no, there's just a, a difference between dark and brooding and shot poorly with poor lighting. Like a lot of people, if if this is going to be a comparison that you can be like, oh my God, of course you're bringing this up. But like Marvel versus DC movies. A lot of people complain that Marvel movies or uh, DC movies are a lot darker. Like literally, like they're shot just darker. They have a darker tone and darker color grading and all that sort of shit to it. But I I find that adds a little bit of something 
more than the bright crispiness, especially in a horror movie. If it's a comedy, fine, whatever, who gives a fuck? But in a horror movie, you need atmosphere. The whole thing about a horror movie is that it's well, this dark. Is, a comedy. is it? I didn't laugh. Yeah. I thought it was very funny. And that's the thing. It's like, this is like, it's funny that you talk about Marvel versus DC. Because it's almost like that's what we watched this week. We watched a Marvel yeah. movie and a DC movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that is about, those choices are very intentional. You know, there's a very different tone and atmosphere and, and like whole vibe that each of those studios go for. That's very different. It appeals to different audiences. I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, mm-hmm. I, I am a DC girl. Like, I love, I mean, I like Marvel, too. I love all the Marvel movies. I'm mm-hmm. not, like, a hater, but I never, like, had a problem with the, like, super dark and broody. Yeah, like, like the Superman. Yeah. Oppressive, like, vibe of uh, DC. I, I mm-hmm. kind of dig it. It's kind of mm-hmm. jam. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but, but I also, like, when I go into a Marvel movie, you know, like, I, I know what to expect. I know the type of film it is. And I go in with that sort of frame of mind mm-hmm. and it works. I mean, it works for what they're doing. And it, for me, it's not a like, I mean, I know there's a society there. Everybody has to pick a side. It has to be yeah. team this or team that. You can't really be like, oh, everything, everything kind of works in its own way. Um, but I, I don't feel like there's a need to say, well, how does marvel compared to dc or how do we like pit one against the other i feel like i take each one for kind of what it is on its own um red snow i mean it's it's a light-hearted you know fun kind of horror comedy that's sort of trying to subvert some of the vampire tropes and um so it's definitely got a very specific You know, that, that's a very different type of film than something like, I know we're going to talk about it later, but something like Antlers that's trying to be, like, about something very, like, dark and heavy and, you know, oppressive. Um, so, for me, I mean, I thought that the way that it was shot and handled really worked for the content of the film. I, I mean, I don't it. think a dark, broody atmosphere is needed for this kind of film that was about... It was just about being charming and sweet and fun. Right. I get what you're saying. But I think a good comparison, you know, like we can't really compare Red Snow to Antlers. It, they're, they're two completely different movies on different ends of the mm-hmm. spectrum. I think a, a more fair comparison, if we're going to compare Red Snow to a more um, mainstream or popular franchise movie, is Scream. Would you agree or disagree? Like, they're both horror, but they have comedic elements to them. But Scream doesn't look like this. Yeah, I mean, I know you hate when I say this, but, I mean, I think that it is fair to make allowances for what these filmmakers are working with. I mean, Scream is a big budget studio. Sure, absolutely. It has, like, shit tons of money. And it's super polished and obviously is you're gonna get to be at a higher caliber from a production standpoint. Um, I mean, if you're gonna throw that much money to film, I expect it to like deliver on all fronts. But a, a, a small indie film that I, I can't remember the budget, I can look it up. I think it's pretty damn small. I know they shot it over like 12 days in like one location. I mean, it was a very independent um, Yeah, but so was Saw. 
it's so yeah but saw is a that didn't look like shit game. I don't think this film looked like shit <clears throat> I think I it looks terrible I think it looks absolutely terrible well, I, I thought it looked great I love the way I love the set design I loved her little cabin I loved all the little details I loved how Christmassy it felt um, I thought the setting in, in Lake Tahoe was like stunning um, I really love films this is why one of the reasons I suggested winter horrors because I love films set in snowy environments I think it just adds so much um, such an aesthetic charm especially when you have yeah. blood on the snow like I think that that's like one of my favorite things ever um, <laughs> okay. I, I just I love that aesthetic I think that's really it's really cool and powerful um, and like oh my god have you seen total aside but have you seen Crimson Peak no maybe no I don't think so uh, it's that's one of my favorite, like the contrast of like the way they do the blood on the snow, like and the visual effects there is so that movie is talk about something. If you just like to want to see something pretty, that mm-hmm. movie is gorgeous. Well, if I want to see um, something pretty, I'm just gonna look in the mirror. Wow. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, is that like. Like, that'd be funny if it was like a ha-ha, I'm not really serious. But, but I mean, I feel like you kind of believe that. So um, that's what makes it a little bit, a little bit painful. <sighs> Suit yourself, I guess. I mean, that's, that's your opinion. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm saying you're not pretty, but the fact that oh. you are just like, oh, I'm very pretty. And like I a bird stared like, at myself all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that, you know, you're not. But um, yeah. Uh, and I guess, I mean, I guess I should credit, like, you know, I guess there's nothing wrong with self-love. We should all love ourselves a little bit more. So, so actually, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. I plan on self-loving myself right after we're done here today. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I lost my, I lost the, the the thread basically is that I did not, I mean, I've seen plenty of super low budget films where I'm like, oof, this doesn't look great at all, but I'm going to try to forgive it because... I think they're doing enough else right that I'm I'm willing to forgive it. But for me, like this, I thought this looked perfectly great. Like I had no issues with how this looked. Nah, it it, it had no soul. It was boring to oh. look at. Yeah, it was it was just so. Okay, I that for- vampire was not boring to look at. So yeah, okay, we'll get to that. we'll get to him in a second. Let's um, get to it right now. I, I have some more shit to say about the the the. The quality of the technical aspects of this film. Oh, no. yes. All right, go for it. So <sighs> you're you're not wrong when you you say you should yes forgive uh, independent films for not having the the thirty thousand dollar cameras to work with and the five thousand dollar microphones, the sound equipment, and all that shit. Yeah, I agree. But what you cannot forgive in today's climate of technology, where you can produce and shoot and edit a, an entire movie on your phone if you really wanted to and it would look better than this all literally all they had to do was go into adobe premiere add an adjustment layer slap a fucking lut on top of that thing and it would look better than this i don't i mean it's crazy to me because of all the things that i thought you would like hate on the technical value was not the thing that I was expecting. Oh, there's more. There's more than just a technical value about this film. Oh, I didn't okay. Like. So you want to talk about Vampire Boy? Let's talk about Vampire Boy. Let's 
Let's talk about Vampire Boy. All right. Mm. A, you don't see his penis, so what's the point? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I knew that was going to throw you for a loop. <laughs> so that's like the only value that a man brings to the table is his penis. Is that what yeah, we're saying here? 100%. Like what? In this context, because, yeah, he's a pretty man, but he's not a good actor. Uh, he had zero screen presence for me. I thought he was me. great. Oh no. my god, I thought he was so good. No, no, he. The only thing that the the only good part and the only good part I wrote down was, um, I chuckled when she they're sitting in the the garage and she goes, "Oh, you can drink your own pee. It's got less like less bacteria than actual tap water." And there's a pause, and he's like, "What?" That was the only part I laughed at. I'm like, "That was okay. That was good." But other than that, I was like, his. His acting is stale. He doesn't have any inflection in his voice when he when he's speaking, and he it's not like he has a nice voice to listen to either. Like Keanu Reeves kind of gets away with it because he's got a kind of a, a sexy voice, but oh, you know, Keanu in his aspect, he he was like, "I'm a vampire." <laughs> it's not how Why? No, we dudes. don't we don't kill people. We just drain their blood. Like I'm like how. Did your testicles ever drop? Like, what happened there, man? But, you know, it... it well, I don't want to... And the writing... Wanna, mm. No, go on, go on, go on, <laughs> go on. I don't want to spoil anything, but, I mean, he's trying to put on an act for her. He's oh, I know what he's trying to do. He's like, super sweet, sensitive dude and get her, like, trust. So, I feel like... That's appropriate for him to be like. Yes, but then you see the end of the movie and it wasn't, you know, like that. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, (laughs) but it was not just an act. He was a. I just didn't like his character. I didn't like any of the characters in this movie. None of them. Oh my! Did you? You didn't like the girl. You didn't. I hated the girl. I was hoping she would die in the first five minutes. She was so she's pretentious so and annoying. No, she's an annoying no. little brat. Oh my god, I loved her to death. No. I thought she was so good, and the actress was so fun and so expressive, and so <coughs> Didn't, like no, I, quirky and charming. And I thought she, the actress, felt like she was in uh, like a Nickelodeon TV show, like a Victorious or a Sam and Cat, like overacting. Nobody else was really on that level. It was kind of like, you know, when Nick Cage goes and does a movie and he's like, this is what I think the movie is, even though it's not. So this is how I'm going to act it and be completely different than the tone and the rest of the film. That's kind of where she went with that. Well, I mean, you really just lost all credibility because you hated on Nick Cage, who, you know, is the finest actor of our generation. Yeah. Okay. So Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I I didn't think she was endearing. Or she was annoying. I thought she was great. No, of course you would. She probably reminds you of yourself. Wow. So I'm annoying. Is Which is why I saying? thought she was unbearable, incorrigible. You're even you're a monster. <laughs> I know. I uh, love quirky girls. Like I'm, they're my jam. And yeah, she's quir- quirky she's, girls are fine. But not forced quirky no, like that. You're not a quirky girl guy. Okay. Whatever. I just, I know this about you. <laughs> you're like, I'm trying to think. Someday we'll have to have this conversation about like the kind of girls that you that speak to you in movies. 
Oh, okay. But it's definitely not the quirky girls. Okay. All right. Well, I, I would like to get your uh, psychological analysis one day on this. Well, you're going to get it soon. It's going to be epic. <clears throat> right. Uh, I, I do have a question about the plot. Um, okay. For for a moment. So she, she <laughs> wakes up. I would like to digress. <laughs> yeah. She, she wakes up and she goes into yes. her garage where she hears a bang. Yes. Uh, and she sees a naked vampire laying on the floor. Yeah, and she grabs she a knife and she's mm-hmm. fucking terrified. Right? Yeah. Literally, as that happens, a vampire hunter shows up at her house. And she yeah. goes, No, there's nothing here. I'm okay. I'm cool. Totally right. Yeah, it's fine. fine. What? Mm-hmm. In what fucking universe do you not go? There's a fucking naked dude with pointy teeth and blood all over his face in my garage. Can you do something about this? I, I can answer that if you actually would like me to. Go for it. Okay. Give me a logical so, explanation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, and you're gonna like hate on it, but mm-hmm. here we go. Because it's not gonna be logical. You're gonna be like, she likes vampires. It's Twilight. <laughs> well, now I get. I hate when you do an impression of me because it always like throws me off my game. Because it's always like so terrible, and I'm like, shit, is that what I sound like? Um, okay, so. Here's the thing, like, she, this is her, it's not just a, like, she likes vampires. This is her life, this is her obsession. Like, she is a vampire romance writer struggling. Like, she's trying to get published. She uh-huh. is, like, they they allude to, I mean, she is obsessed with vampires. Like, she has a Nosferatu shirt. She's got, like, a bumper sticker. She's, like, she's all in, right? Mm-hmm. And not only is she obsessed, but... She is really trying to, like, make a name for herself and get published. And she keeps getting turned down. She keeps getting rejection letter after rejection letter. So not only is, like, the the object of her obsession in this room with her, mm-hmm. but it's her opportunity to actually figure out how to, like, here's a real-life vampire. She writes about vampires. She's a real-life vampire. It's, like, the best, like, in-your-face research you could possibly ever do. Is it that? That she never would have thought she would have gotten the opportunity. And... So, yeah, she's afraid at first because, like, obviously she's not expecting to see a naked vampire in her garage because it was a bat before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, also she's not going to turn down this opportunity. She's, like, she's afraid, but she's also, I think, more titillated than she is afraid. So that, like, excitement and adrenaline is overweighing any kind of fear or hesitance she, she has. Now, is that... You ask, is that logical? Is that response logical? Well, it's no. not really a logical response. It's an emotional response. You know, and we neither. don't always make, it is an emotional <clears throat> response. We don't always make logical responses. Sometimes we, we think with our, you know, heart and not our head. So I think mm-hmm. that's what she did. She was like, oh, this is fucking cool. It's terrifying, but it's also really fucking cool. And when am I ever going to get this opportunity again? Never. Uh-huh. So right. there you go. So. Uh-huh. There's, there's some some flaws in that uh, logic. My name is Casey. Uh, here's some flaws in your logic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you made fun of me, so I was just that's how you sound to me right now. Ah, I see. I see. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna say n- no. I mean, you know, like I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I, I I enjoy you know I, demons and serial killers and shit like that. Like the stuff I do in my podcast, I look up that shit in my spare time. If a fucking demon popped through my door and then seconds after that, a demon hunter popped through, like, get it the fuck out. Kill it. Well, 
difference. Can I can I argue that point a little bit? You can try. Okay. So demons haven't been romanticized and sexualized in in media and fiction the way that vampires have. Like vampires. Have you are seen seductive. Lucifer? Vampires are seductive by nature, and and we are meant to be as attracted to them as we are repelled by them. So it makes sense that if you see a hot naked vampire in your garage and you're somebody who's obsessed with vampires and who writes not not only obsessed with vampires from a horror standpoint, she writes romance vampire fiction, right? Like she writes about getting it on with vampires. So she is going to be enticed by this way more than if she saw a scary like ugly disgusting like monster demon in her garage those are different things and i think we can agree on that uh have you never heard of a succubus yeah and succubuses seduce people all the time yeah, even but though, still if a succubus guess, appeared and she was like naked with you know like a perfect body i'd be like kill it fire no, i liar i would absolutely i'd fuck it first but then i'd be like kill it okay great. <laughs> thanks for adding that but no seriously I can get where you're coming from. I can see that. It's the Twilight logic. I get that. But the turn she had was pure and utter fear and reflex to kill this thing before it could kill her. And then literally, but seconds, seconds she's later, she's like, nah, it's cool. It's I. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right in the sense that that was like, and part of it is that this movie is so lean, which I appreciate. Like, it's under 80 minutes, and it, like, moves really fast. And I think they just didn't they didn't fuck around. They just got right to it. So, yeah, you're right. That is a quick turn. Yeah, it's a quick it, turn, like, but I still get it. I still got it. I didn't feel like, what the fuck is she doing? I understood what she was doing. But it's, it's that kind of writing and that kind of behavior of the characters that takes me out of shit, where it's just like, that's not... No... No, it's it's the it's the the I horror trope of no. Why are you running up the stairs? Go at the back fucking door, close it. Go like find somebody. Don't hide under your bed. You know, Here's like the thing, though, I think I might react the way that she reacted. So I don't find no, it you totally wouldn't. like no, because your first instinct wouldn't be like that's a real vampire. That's a fucking psychopath who shaved his teeth down. That would be your first instinct. That would be everybody's first instinct. Nobody's first instinct would be that's a real life vampire. Well, he was, again, like, when she, because she, the way that it starts, just a little bit of backstory, she finds a wounded bat on her front porch, and she brings it in to care for it. Now, this is the part that actually did so much stretch credibility, because I'm like, you picked up a fucking bat? Yeah, and nursed it back to health, yeah. yeah. But also, I'm an animal lover, so I'm like, and I, I really struggle with, like, would I, wouldn't I, I don't know. But she brings this bat in, and she puts it in a box in the garage and then when she goes to find it um later it has turned into the man vampire well she doesn't know that though she just knows there's a man there she doesn't actually see that the bat's gone why would you assume that this man turned this bat turned into a man why wouldn't you assume both of them are in there she didn't investigate she just walked in saw a naked man and was like oh fuck well i think I don't know. I mean, she, yeah, this I, is what she, this is what, like, she does. She writes about this shit, like, all the damn time. So that m- might very well likely be her first thought. I mean, he's wounded in the exact same way the bat was wounded. What, was how bat, can you, how, the, bats have completely different anatomy than a human <laughs> being. 
That bat well, looks like I, it had a wound on his leg. This guy had a wound on his belly. Like there's a there's a difference. All right. <clears throat> I'm just saying, like her response wasn't logical. It, it and it it was just there as a plot device. They could have done it a hundred thousand different ways, but that's the way they chose to do it. You're right. There's not a lot of filler, but you can take thirty seconds and fill out that before rushing into it. I don't think it's needed. I real. I mean, this kind of film. You're watching a film about vampires. I don't think you need a whole lot of like, well, what's the science involved in this? Like, I don't know. I'm not talking about science. I'm talking about human behavior. I know you like that kind of shit, but when I'm watching like a silly, fun comedy about vampires, I'm like, do I, do I really give a shit? Like how this came to be? No, I just want, I want to get to the good shit. Okay. If you say so. I thought. I'll just say some good shit since you've said so much bad stuff. Sure. Hit me with it. I thought their dynamic was really fun. Um, I really liked when they, like, the whole getting to know you phase. I liked sort of how they um, they did some, like, twists and turns that I won't talk about. Um, I liked her character so much. I liked how I thought she was very charming and quirky, but I also liked how empowered she was and also like how like when the the bad vampires come they really underestimate her because she just seems like kind of a weak like a meek nerdy girl you know who like oh you write about romantic vampire stories like surely you can't like hold your own and then she turns into like a total badass and i love that i always love like those kind of tropes where um you take kind of the the shy sweet girl and she just kicks everyone's ass um, I thought the ending was super fun. I won't give it away, but I thought it was really fun. Um, I really thought the acting was quite good. I really liked the vampire. Um, not just because he was super pretty to look at, but because I thought I thought he did a really good job. I thought it was there were some very funny scenes. The way she dressed him, I, I, it really and the way he dressed himself, like when he she gave him like a box of old clothes from her mom. And so he's wearing like, world's greatest mom shirt and this like cardigan and slippers and shit it's it's ridiculous and he's wearing like a dress it's kind of ridiculous but also like wonderful i thought it was just very very charming and i had a great time with this and it just like made me smile and i'm smiling now just thinking about it and Mm -hmm. i think if you weren't such a like if you didn't have such a dead cold heart you would have appreciated the joyousness of this film because it's really just charming and wonderful and i I, I sort of knew you were going to hate on it, but also it's one of those films I'm like, oh, what's there to hate on? This is just good good old-fashioned <laughs> fun, you know? What's there to hate on? Yeah, no. Nothing to hate on. Just a very boring, generic, cookie-cutter film. It's not boring. It, it is. It's original. so boring. It's not. No. It's not. It's, it's really Twilight. Creative. It's fucking it's it's not nothing. Twilight. It's the same it's principle. No, Girl falls in love with a vampire. The end. Okay, so that... Uh, <clears throat> has to fight off other vampires. That's a tiny tiny piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. anyway do we feel like we uh do we feel like we covered this one do we want to say do you want to say more shitty things about it oh no i can i can go all day about saying shitty things on it but i don't want to hurt your feelings i know anymore. you can yes you do you don't care if you hurt my feelings oh uh, we're about to get into another movie remember so i got plenty of time to hurt your feelings <laughs> well this one i am prepared to be devastated by Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Do you do you want to like <clears throat> set it up and talk about what we're talking about? And get us into it. Well, I mean, we've already talked about it. It's Antlers. Uh, it came out in twenty twenty one. 
Uh, it's Hellers. Sixty percent tomato rating uh, and a sixty-eight audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah. So I mean, like I said, before I picked this, I knew. I, I picked up bits and pieces of what it was about over the course of its release. Uh, at first, I had no fucking clue. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie about? Um, it like it had this kind of captivating looking poster with antlers and like the trailer was like boy a boy surrounded by antlers or something like that. That's all I saw. I, I didn't even watch the full trailer. I saw like that little bit. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to save this because I might be interested in this. Didn't know anything else about it. Uh, until I was watching uh, a YouTube video or something and they mentioned that they saw it and that it was about a Wendigo. And I was like, okay, I like Wendigos. I've covered that about four times on my other podcast. So you know what? Okay, Let, let's let's give quick, it a shot. Quick interjection. It is yeah. always a bad sign when a movie covers something that you've talked about in your podcast because you always go into the like, well, here's everything <laughs> that got wrong historically and factually. And so... Uh, that was another point where I was like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. When you pick this movie. But go ahead. Go on. So the first thing that you can obviously tell from this movie is that it is a pretty depressing film. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts off with uh, trying to be as spoiler-free as possible. A family being... What's the word? <laughs> I was going to say torn apart, but that might be a little like two on the head. You know what I mean? And it's not even that accurate. And I don't want to give the wrong impression. Uh, a family in turmoil, we'll call it. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it, it goes on and it portrays this small little uh, North Pacific West town, whatever the fuck you want to call it in Oregon. Uh and I do have a question for you. And I think, I, I don't know if I've asked this one before of you. I feel like I have, and you didn't have an answer, but I'm going to ask it again. Why is it like every small town in America in movies is portrayed as like a shithole? Well, I don't, I don't know if that's true exactly, but I do know that there is, I think there is this sort of philosophy that, setting a movie in a, a a place where there's always already so much kind of tragedy and depression and oppression adds to the horror and especially when you're telling a story like this where it is about like i mean essentially this film is about human suffering i mean that's mm-hmm. what it kind of boils down to that's why they made that choice i read somewhere in a review and you'll probably appreciate this that there's sort of a name for this type of subgenre called poverty porn where (laughs) filmmakers get kind of obsessed with the idea of like, like, Oh my God, it's so bleak and everyone's suffering and everyone's poor and and it's awful. And that's, and I think there's just like a pastiche to that, that um, some filmmakers respond to. And I think for this film, obviously it was chosen for a very deliberate reason, but Mm -hmm. but yeah, that Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, sort of an answer. I think there is an appeal to that. Yeah, and like I said, it, it was depressing, but everything I heard about it going into it, little snippets like people posting their their brief thoughts on Facebook about it and, and, and such like that, like, oh, it was the most depressing thing I've ever seen. I don't know how I'm ever going to recover. It was so, so depressing and sad. It 
wasn't that depressing or sad. Like, there's much more depressing other shit out there. I'm like, are people, like, just not desensitized to this in, in the horror community as much as, like, maybe I think I am? Because, like, you know the show Euphoria? Mm-hmm. That shit's depressing. This was just, like, on, like, there's some poor people and some underprivileged kids. Yeah. Well, I disagree. I think it was very depressing and very bleak, and especially the subject matter it's talking about. I mean, I think part of what made it rough for me to watch is the fact that you're dealing with, like, young kids, and you're dealing with... And, and obviously there's... So there's layers to this film. There's the the sort of overt horror, which is the, like, Wendigo you know, creature feature aspect. But then you have all the the sort of next layer down is like you're dealing with a town that is I mean a lot of these kids are malnourished and abused and neglected and just systematically like overlooked and discarded and and I think that that's I mean that's incredibly heartbreaking to me is to see like it's called childhood get over it oh wow Well, I'm kidding, I, maybe, relax. Maybe the people who found this depressing are people who have empathy. And maybe that's what you struggled with. Was, I don't know, like, uh, giving maybe. a shit about the human condition? Maybe. But, uh, it also, I don't know. I, they're, they're, some of the notes I wrote down here are, uh, if these people are so poor, then why do they have these giant houses on acres of land of property with multiple cars? Well, a couple things. I think a lot of these, like, I think their house was, like, their family home that that they inherited uh, when their dad died. So, uh, and I also think, like, you have to understand, like, if you're in a dying No, no, I don't mean, I don't mean, like, the, the main character. I mean, like, the kid. Well, his house was, like. I mean, the house was a shithole, but it was still, like, a fair-sized house, and it seemed like it was on a ton of land, and they had multiple cars. Yeah, but my point is, is that, like, I think, well, first of all, his dad was a meth dealer, so I think he had lots of, like, disposable cash. And second of all, um, I Unverified think, income. I think you have to, I mean, you have to keep in mind that when you're in a, basically, like, a dying town like this, then property values are completely different than they are in other areas of the country where you can have a, you know, like, a 2,500-square-foot home that costs, like, 80% less than a thousand square foot home somewhere where the property values are are really high. So, I mean, I don't know that you can just apples to apples and be like, oh, well, that's a big house. It must be like worth a lot of money. It's like these houses have probably been around for and in their family for, you know, decades and decades and they're not well kept and they're, they're, they might have a big house, but it's kind of a shithole and they're also like struggling to put food on the table. So I think that's, I don't think that like stretches credibility. That's a pretty okay, I, I won't go into it too much because I'm just sitting here thinking like the land tax on that must be fucking ridiculous. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, but this town is like basically like it's falling apart. It, it's survive, going it's going so. to hell. Yeah. Um, I do want to make one point. Go for it. Before so I, I go into the next one. Yeah. So when I because I think this is this is kind of on point. Um before this conversation so i told you i had i reviewed this so i went back and kind of read like what my initial thoughts were right after watching it Mm -hmm. 
and I had this line, like, sort of introducing it that made me think of you, and I'll, I'll tell you what, what it is and why. Oh, okay. So, I had, right before I wrote my review, I had read this article, and it was some writer talking about, like, just talking about how much they hate art house horror mm-hmm. and elevated horror and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. and the A24 style, and they were like, God damn it, like, I just miss when, like, I could just have, like, mindless, you know, slasher fun. There was no agenda. There was no message. It was just, like, good time. And that's something that you and I have, like, talked about quite mm-hmm. a few times on this podcast. Absolutely. And um, so I referenced it, and I said, you know, I said, if that opinion resonates with you, you need to stay really far away from this film. Because <laughs> this is the very definition of art house horror, and it is... It, like for people like me, this is like, you know, um, this is like a drug. This is the good shit. But if you're something <laughs> like a Casey who is like, get me the fuck away from this stuff, this is definitely not like, this is one of those films where I'm like, I recommend it with a caveat. Like, if you're this type of audience, I recommend it. If you're this other type of audience, do not watch this fucking movie. All right. And uh, that made me think of you. That's why I was like, Casey's going to hate this shit. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, once again, you're very wrong. I absolutely actually love this movie. You did not. I did. You loved Antlers? I did. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I was just kind of red herring you the whole time with that. Oh, my God. I mean, God. those those criticisms I had were legit, but I mean, they didn't take away from it as much as it does in some other movies for me. I thought it was beautifully shot. It is beautifully shot. Um, I thought the, the 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 color grading, the cinematography, the setting, the atmosphere, perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, and unlike other art house style A twenty four fucking movies, it didn't <laughs> shove its agenda down your fucking throat. It didn't. Tr- it didn't feel like it was being overly pretentious. It didn't feel like that at all. Uh, and I don't know if that was because they wow. already had an established lore to it. Uh, nobody in the movie felt preachy to me. Uh, nobody felt overly condescending. Nobody felt overly dramatic to me. It all felt very natural and very real. This teacher didn't, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Russell, didn't feel like she was trying to be a savior. She was just like, I went through something. I know something's up. I want to try to help this kid. That is it. Uh, it didn't go any further than that. It didn't really explore much more. It, it gave you hints of her childhood and the trauma, whereas, you know, something like uh, Hereditary or um, the the Midsummer, it just was like relentless with like, oh, she's really miserable because this happened to her her whole life. And this is why she's like this. And this is this. And this is this. this. I don't need all that shit. You gave me the backstory I need to empathize. Empathize emphasize with this character empathize fuck um with this character (laughs) emphasize with this character empathize with this character enough that i can be like okay i can get behind her motives for this and she never once came across as holier than thou ever nobody in this movie did uh casey yeah can i say something sure you know you're you're a lot of things but (laughs) (laughs) but predictable is not one of them like you are almost impossible to read i thought for sure 
I was so fucking wrong. Like, I thought for sure <laughs> you would hate antlers. Even though I think antlers is beautiful, but I was like, this is my kind of stuff. This is not something you would like at all. And I thought you might like red snow. So I was like, Jesus. Yeah, really you you couldn't have been more wrong on this week's wow. picking. I suck, man. Jesus. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah, you, you kind of do. I mean, it's okay. Kudos to you for being so like, I mean, you're definitely not one note. You've definitely got like surprises because this feels like if I was, this feels like a movie that you should not like on any level. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was really, really well done. Uh, in yeah. in my thinking, uh, the writing was fine. It wasn't extraordinary, but it wasn't bad. Uh, and you're working with kids, so you have to kind of have a, a lowered expectation in terms of delivery and shit like that. So, I mean, the kid was fine, a little over the top, like the, the kid who played Lucas. <clears throat> the bully, I thought he was terrible. Uh, yeah, but bullies are supposed to be guarded. Yeah, but I mean, like, terrible is like an actor. Terrible. Yeah. Um, he wasn't very convincing of anything. Wasn't he a ginger? He was. Soulless little bastard. Yeah, they're always... God damn it. Why <laughs> do they always make ginger soulless evil creatures? Because they are. Especially the boys. Boys... <laughs> Boys are all yeah. Boys Ed Sheeran, are like, fuck that guy. <laughs> like Ed Sheeran. Um, but Ed. And, and now the the one thing you thought I was going to shit on was the lore, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because you you yeah. I feel like every time I don't know enough to like really criticize, but I feel like every time there's like something that you've talked about a lot, you like go into oh, here's every where they got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to do something that has a, a, a historical backing or a traditional storytelling folklore thing, at least be accurate to a degree. Like, you can have some creative freedom because it's not real. There's stories that are passed on, you know, like a lot of people shit on Twilight, for example, for making the vampire sparkly. I'm like, well, the vampires don't fucking exist. So if you want to make them sparkly, make them fucking sparkly. It's stupid, but that's your interpretation of vampires. Go for it, whatever. It'd be like... If they took like an actual historical figure and made him sparkly, okay, he didn't actually spark in real life. You can fuck off. But something like this, <laughs> it, 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 the whole. Do you know much about the 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 Wendigo mythos, other than what you've seen I in mean, this movie? I mean, I've seen a lot of movies with Wendigos in them, mm-hmm. um, and so I know. I know the basics, you know, like mm-hmm. I know, um, yeah, I know a little bit about the lore, but I'm certainly not like very scholarly on the subject. I right. haven't done like lots of in-depth research to back up what I've seen. Right. So you're right. There are quite a few movies that feature uh, Wendigos in them. I would say this is probably the most accurate mm. of, of the ones I've seen uh, that I can recall anyway. The whole idea <clears throat> of a Wendigo is that it, thrives off depravity wendigos don't exist until humanity hits a point that they can feed off of essentially Uh, at least one of the interpretations is that so a lot of the the myths surrounding uh, wendigos is that a human being doesn't turn into a wendigo until it faces its hardest struggle hits rock bottom and goes lower than that so typically it's cannibalism you're starving, you have no money, you have no resources, so what do you do? You kill somebody and you eat them to survive yourself. And that's what creates the Wendigo. And that's what this movie, is in a, its whole metaphor is that. 
this whole town is eating itself alive. So then the Wendigo comes and inhabits whoever can get his hands on the okay, meth dealer. I'm in the, I'm in the Twilight Zone because that was actually really pro- fucking profound. And that sounded like me trying to like dissect <laughs> the film and talk about the layers and the like metaphors and the holy shit. Right. So that's what I mean about this movie is that it, it's not in your face metaphorically. It never mentions that. It never goes into, you know... If you know about the lore of the Wendigo, then that's what you're going to take away from it. And that's what I got from it because I knew about this before going into it about, like I said, I've done probably weeks of research, which obviously isn't a lot. Like, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I have a firm understanding of what the Wendigo is and what it does. So this town is dying. It's depraved. So what what does that do? It awakens this ancient spirit that inhabits people. And then another thing about the Wendigo is that it eats to its size. So if it eats a 300 pound human being, it will become 300 pounds heavier. Therefore, it can never be satiated. It's all, that's why it's always starving and it's always eating, but it always looks eman- emaciated. Um, and they, they nailed the design on it. I think it looks fantastic, the monster. Um, the only thing that I can criticize is that traditionally the only thing that can kill a, a Wendigo is fire. But I'll give it the creative freedom aspect because that's the only thing they kind of shortchanged on in this. But yeah, I thought really overall, beautiful movie to, to look at. Uh, and going into it, I wasn't sure. Honestly, I like I, I was on the fence. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to hate it. And I put it on and I, and I had I was editing some pictures on the side, which is what I do sometimes when I'm not sure I'm going to like a movie. And then I got three minutes and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch it. And I'm glad I did. Well, holy shit. Um, well, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. <laughs> I, um, I was really expecting you to hate that. And mostly like, <laughs> honestly, like if I really like resonate with something then I'm pretty sure you're going to hate it. Cause that's just sort of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I mean, I love films like this, you know, like I did find it bleak. Like it definitely made me feel heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot. And it was certainly like, cause I watched Red Snow first and I was like, yay, like whimsical fun. <laughs> and then I watched this and I was like, God damn it. But also I was like, yeah, this is, this speaks to me cause this is how life feels sometimes. You know, like it's like just fucking heavy. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, I thought, I did think it had a lot of, like, layers and metaphors and stuff, which I was like, oh, God, I'm going to talk about this, and Casey's going to be like, here we go again. (laughs) But you actually did it for me, so that was, like, kind of refreshing and lovely. Well, like I said, when there is something there to uncover, it's fine. You go into these movies, like, I'm sure you have layers of red snow (laughs) that you want to peel back and be like, oh, this is why she did this, and this is what happens here, and this is why the vampires are like this. But it's not presented that way. This movie presents it to have... It's not really a movie that I need to dissect, I don't think. Yeah, but you could. I could if I really needed to, but but, uh, uh, the reason why I like it is because I don't it's, I don't have to watch it like that. I can just watch it and be like, this is fun. Well, all right. That, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the wow. movie wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Let me, like, I really enjoyed it, but there, there's that scene 
near the climax of the film <clears throat> where they pull the same like jump scare twice like within a minute of each other at the shed you know what I'm talking about uh yeah i don't remember like a dual jump scare well it was so the one guy goes up to the shed and then he looks in and then the monster appears from behind him and then his the other cop comes 10 seconds later and does the exact same thing and i'm just kind of like how do you like hide a 12 foot fucking deer monster behind a two foot shed you know I'll, i'll give it again a pass because i like the movie but i'm just like huh this guy snuck up on two people within a minute of each other. That's that's impressive, but you know, that's I guess neither here nor there. Yeah. Can we talk about Carrie Russell for a second? Yes. So she did what Dark Skies? It was maybe ten years ago now. Is that how long ago that movie came out? Oof, I don't even. I think it was. I think that's when that fucking movie came out. Let me just Google that real quick. I can't remember. I I know I've seen it, but. I can't remember very much about it. Dark Set 2013, so about near 10 years ago. What did you think of that movie? Do you remember anything about it? I, you know, I I think I liked it, but I can't remember very much about it, so I would have to rewatch it, honestly. Maybe I didn't like it that much, I don't know. Yeah, I remember being creeped out by it. I don't remember much about it. I remember there were some scenes where I'm like, ah, it's fucking under my skin. But alien movies tend to, like, realistic alien movies kind of tend to do that for me. Uh, but, like, uh, The Fourth Kind. You ever see The Fourth Kind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a terrible movie, but it scared the shit out of me. Um, she have you seen is Fire a, in the Sky? I'm yeah, sorry, I've seen Fire in the Sky, yeah, yeah. Did you like that one? Yeah, that was good. Okay, I, that was <laughs> really good. All right, sorry, go ahead. You thought it wasn't very good? No, I thought it was very good. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, anyway, Carrie Russell, I think she's a very underrated horror actor. I do too. I think she's great. She, she does these like emotional roles without, like I said, coming off as pretentious, uh, which is kind of a fine line to play, especially when you're uh, doing kind of, I would, you know, even when it comes to antlers, I wouldn't even call it an art house horror film. I would call it kind of like a dramatic monster movie. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It yeah. doesn't feel art housey to me at all. Despite like even made the the way it's shot, kind of could maybe give you that feel, but I, it just felt like quality. And this is what I mean: the difference between Antlers and uh, Red Snow. <clears throat> and I wrote down on the the Red Snow uh, thing because these are like obviously two very different movies, but. When you come down to like a technical sense and cinematography and stuff like that, this should be like a gold standard. And it felt like the director of Red Snow kind of maybe just graduated from film school or something, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying any shit on that about that. Like everybody's got to start somewhere. But it, everything felt very safe. It felt very samey. It felt very, you know, like this is what I was taught and this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to break the box or the bounds. Whereas I feel like antlers did the completely different it broke kind of the rules it changed the the dynamic by having different angles and different lighting and different shots and different gratings and different atmosphere to almost every scene yeah and i don't know where the line between professional and amateur filmmaking is but there is one and i don't know what it takes to cross it i don't know if it's just simply you know dropping 
Googling free premier LUTs and dropping one on to see what sticks, or if there's more to it than that. Because Red Snow could have been a really good movie, in my opinion. It could have been a fun, like a, a Shaun of the Dead style movie, but it just it just didn't hit. It just felt very like it felt like a commercial for toothpaste. Nothing was added. Nothing was risked or chanced, and it was boring to me in that sense. Whereas Antlers had this dynamic to it that just even if you watched it on mute with no subtitles you'd be like this is just pretty to look at yeah it was interesting to look at if nothing else yeah i um i mean i agree with you this is i guess speaking of like you always say this is boring when we don't argue but um, <laughs> i thought we'd fight in this one this is crazy um yeah, I mean, I for me, I don't know. Like, it's hard because I use art house as a term of endearment. Like, when I say art house, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, that to me, that means quality. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people use it in a really derogatory way where they're like, basically, art house means slow, boring, you know, the stuff, what, what I would call atmospheric. They're just like, oh, it's just really, like, pretentious. I, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get pretentious from you when, when we talked about this. Um, the reason I, I sort of qualify it like that is because it is, it is sort of slow burning. It definitely focuses heavy on the atmosphere, the mood. Um, it definitely like has layers. It has like, there's, there's as much drama as there is horror. It's definitely mm-hmm. about something, um, which are usually sort of like the, the hallmarks of what defines art house horror. It's like a little bit more of that elevated horror that is, and it's the kind of stuff that I watch and I think, I, I immediately think divisive, you know, like I'm like, this is either, you're either going to love this or hate this. There mm-hmm. is not a whole lot of in between. Um, and it's these kind of films, these films that I love, like The Witch and those kind of films where um, there's people who are like, cannot stop singing their praise of the other people that are just going to be like, yeah, boring and stupid. Because you don't actually get a lot of the. I mean, there's some really nice creature effects and there's some really nice, I think, um, horror elements to this film, but it's definitely not the, like, predominant focus. It's much more about the story and the characters and what's happening to this town and these people. Well, that's that's part of the thing that I think made it work really well is that it didn't... So you take Midsummer, for example, right? And yeah, it has, like, aspects of horror sprinkled throughout it. But it's mostly focused on this girl and her trauma and her anxiety and her experiences and whatever. Whereas this, it it jumps between a few different focal points. It it focuses on the kid for a little while, then it focuses on the teacher and her dynamic with her brother. And the the town as a whole is almost a character in and of itself. Just kind of a background character, but it's there. And you can tell that, you know... All these people are are definitely a product of their upbringing and their their environment, <clears throat> but it, it's sprinkled in just enough in this to keep it flowing. Whereas movies like Hereditary and and uh, Midsummer they they kind of lull a bit. The Witch definitely like y- y- I know you love The Witch and it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it does lull. It does have moments where it's like okay. Well, can we get past this fucking goat for a second? Can we do something else? Can we have a different scene, a different change of environment, location, whatever? 
and I get that's not what the witch is about, but this did it enough where there's different locations and it keeps you stimulated enough to be like, oh, okay. And if you don't know about the Wendigo lore, then you don't know, is it going to be a zombie? Is that what this guy's turning into? Is he, you know, what, what's, has he got like a virus? What's going on? Uh, especially if you went in completely blind to this movie. But it, it moves <clears throat> fast enough that it doesn't really linger or lull on anything too long. Of course, there's lulls and moments of like, okay, we've seen this part already. But it doesn't stay there too long. It's fleeting, almost, in my opinion. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm there. You like... You like cut out. It's weird. Like the sound just like dropped out for a second and then oh. you like went quiet. And so I thought maybe there was like a technical issue. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're good. Um, no, I'm actually like no sarcasm aside. I'm like really riveted into what you're saying. Oh, well then. I mean, I actually, it's really refreshing to hear you like, I don't know, talk about films in this really like sort of, uh, like you're talking like a cinephile now, which is like. <laughs> Right up my alley, you know. We're talking about the, the beauty of a film, and it's gorgeous, and I love it. See, that's that's why I, I'm a lot more critical of things than you are. Again, which is fine. Like you're, it's honestly, it's better to like things than not like things. But I want to hold things to a standard. I don't want to just like every piece of garbage that falls into my lap. And it's okay if you do. If you like, you know, campy, trashy films, that's fine. That's your thing. But I, I, I have a standard that I want to hold movies up to. And this hit that standard. And I think no matter the budget, like I can't imagine the budget on Antlers was particularly massive. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know where to find budgets on movies. IMDb. Oh, does it show you on IMDb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe so. Um, I, I mean. Look at that. This is definitely a studio film. Um, it was produced by Gamera del Toro. Yes, which, and it has um, that. So it has. You can tell it was touched by him in some way. Can we just? I mean, I I just want to take a minute and just talk about like <laughs> I actually don't, but I just want to say like Gamera del Toro can do no wrong. He is like, I cannot say enough good things about him. I love him so much. Yeah, he's... And we he's, should we should talk about his new film uh, on the podcast now that I said that. What's, what's his that new I one? Still, that I still haven't seen, Nightmare Alley. Oh, no, I haven't... I didn't know that was out yet. Uh, huh. Yeah, but I haven't seen it, so... Which is crazy. Yeah, it I mean, says he, a lot about the world we're living in because normally <laughs> I would be like out there like day one release. But when did it come out? Um, it was like around Christmas. Maybe it would. Maybe it released Christmas Day. Mm. It hasn't been very long. It's it has. It's only been out for for a brief amount of time. Is it uh, theater exclusive? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think it was theater only. For so I'm gonna shit on theaters again for a second. No, no, because I can't. I can't do it. I can't no, do it. It, it, it. It's not what you think it's going to be. All right, go ahead. Because of the uh, Omicron variant, we have shut yes. down completely again in Ontario. Oh, and no. so I haven't been able to see Spider-Man. 
I haven't been able to see Scream. I haven't been able to see any movies that's been released in theaters in the last two months, even if I wanted to go. So, you know how hard it is to avoid fucking spoilers? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. That's that's not... I mean, it's like I'm emotionally torn. We've had this conversation, but like the whole we're going to release, you know, VOD the same time as movies or we're just going to go straight to VOD or whatever that looks like um, or streaming. I, I have mixed feelings because on one hand... You know, I love movies, and the more people I can see movies, the better, like, in my opinion. Um, on the other hand, I also really think that the theatrical experience is super important. I think filmmakers deserve to have their films seen the way that they were meant to be seen. Um, I'm a big fan of the theatrical experience, so I don't want to kill theaters, and I'm worried that that's going to kill movie theaters. That mm-hmm. combined with fucking COVID. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, to your point, it sucks when the only way you can see a film is when it's released to streaming. And if you don't have that option or at least not for a long time, that makes it hard. So yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a real bitch of a situation. It's a I really kick in the it. ball sack, man. I hate it so much. I was going to ask you if you'd seen the new scream, um, which I went to see, we won't talk about it yet, <clears> but um, it, it, it's, it's funny because people ask me what I thought about it. And I will just say this, it's very hard to be objective really mm-hmm. because you know i'm in a theater which already like is such a special experience these days because we don't get to go very much um anymore mm-hmm. and it's you know a, a property that i have a lot of nostalgia for and it's like it's just hard not to love it regardless it's like it's so easy to overlook any flaws and just be like okay i'm just here for the experience of this and it's like being like a kid in a candy store, you know, it's like really hard to, at that point, it's like, I can't be a critic, you know, I can just be a fan enjoying a film. Which is fine. But it was, uh, it was really beautiful to be in the theater and seeing a film like that. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry you haven't been able to experience that because that was, that was fun. I mean, like, I don't particularly care for the theater experience as we've discussed before, yeah. but I mean, I for movies that you're either going to wait four months or whatever the the release time is uh before it comes to streaming services it 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 kind of like i said like i could have went to go see spider-man but i wasn't going to go alone my wife didn't want to go because they weren't allowed to serve food in the theater at the time so she's like the only reason i go to fucking movies is to get popcorn like that's fair (laughs) um but they weren't serving popcorn or or any condiment or uh, popcorn food I mean, like well, okay, does, serve <laughs> serve anything that would require you to take your mask off in the theater. I got it. All right. Right. Uh, to consume, I suppose. So I guess you could do Coke. Just, but, but you do have to take your it. mask off for that too, don't you? I mean, you could like probably get like the little spoon. Yeah, that. you get like a little spoon under there. You know, that little spoon that like in all the movies they have. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it looks like a little tiny spoon. Um, yeah, anyway, so I haven't been able to see any of the... Uh, <laughs> The fun new movies that are released recently, so. Yeah. I I mean, they could, what they could do is just fucking release it on VOD in Canada, where we're shut down and basically we're the town from Antlers right now. Yeah, I don't know how hard that is from a distribution standpoint to be yeah, like, it can't okay, be difficult. where. You just lock the content in. They do it like Netflix Canada and Netflix US have completely different shows and movies on them all the time. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, just I don't think, restricted. I mean, I guess the good news is that like the, the time from theater to VOD is so short these days. Yeah, but it's not so, short enough to avoid spoilers. No, it's not. I like mean, within are, the day of Spider-Man releasing, yeah. for example, like there was obviously the rumors about Tommy McGuire and uh, what's his face, Andrew Garfield being in well, it. Well, don't spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but I mean, I mean I know, like, I, I there were rumors, saying, but, but within like an hour of the movie being released, there's memes about who's in that yeah. movie. And it's like, fuck, yeah. well, now I know. <laughs> you know like, yeah, no, I know. You can't uh, avoid. And now it's even more blatant. It's now it's more like actor X and actor Y tell us their experience on working on the new Spider Man movie. It's like, well, now I know who's in it. Like, come on, yeah. man. So. It sucks, Spoilers are, I mean, I think we just, in, in social media age, like, it's almost impossible to avoid spoilers unless you were just, like, day one kind of moviegoer. Yeah, that, well, that's why I went to go see Endgame. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, minute it came out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so... In, in, in terms of the movies we discussed today, bit of a shock for you, I guess? Yeah, no, I mean, I... I was not expecting that whatsoever. I mean, it was nice. It was nice to, I mean, I know that you like it when we fight, but it was actually really nice to hear you like. <laughs> Appreciate something. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually made me feel really like warm and fuzzy. So I'm sure Aww, that makes it worse for you. I it kind of does a little happy. bit. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. But I mean, you, you did promote my other podcast at the beginning. So maybe that swayed my I opinion. Did. No, what it didn't a, sway. What a sweetie pie I am. Sweetie. PewDiePie. pie. <laughs> That's no. all I hear when I when I hear cutie pie, or there's another streamer called cutie pie. But there's another. I didn't say cutie pie. I said sweetie pie. Oh, did you say sweetie pie? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I would not call myself a cutie pie for God's sake. Yes, you would. <laughs> I'm sure you had that tattooed on your lower back. I'm not you. I'm not like. Well, if I want to see something gorgeous, I'll just go stare in the mirror. You know, that's not gonna. That hey, shit's not gonna come out of my mouth. Gorgeous is your word, not mine. <laughs> Pretty. You said pretty. I said pretty. Still, um, you, you. If I would have said gorgeous, you would have said the same thing. You, you would have been like, yeah, I just look at myself. I mean, you don't know that for sure. Eh. And maybe I just like the shiny metal that the mirror's made out of. Maybe. <laughs> the shiny things are pretty and very distracting. Uh, um. But yeah, this was um. This was interesting. I like it. I like it when I can't predict it. And it's like, <laughs> it throws me a curveball. It's fun. Keeps me on my feet. It's nice. Good. Good. Because I did see on one of the social media posts that we did uh, this week about our, our top five hated oh, and, and loved. And my, my top one was The Empty Man, which I thought was a piece of shit. And somebody's mm-hmm. like, wow, that was the best horror movie of the year. I'm like, I don't trust that guy's opinion anymore. I don't know who he was, but if he were to be like, well, beer tastes good, I'd be like, I no longer like beer. Speaking of your, oh God, your top five least favorite <laughs> list really caused me some emotional trauma. What else is new? And it, one, because it's just so much hate and, and that's just not, you know, me. I'm just like, oh my God, let's talk about everything that's wonderful in the world. And you're just like, let me just talk about everything that just sucks ass. <clears throat> and then. Yep. You kicked things off with one of my favorites. Frozen. Frozen. Let and I was it like, go. fuck you very much. Like, I was so pissed at you, right? I, I figured I, I was like, and, and also, and don't think I don't know this. When you write your <laughs> shitty little write-ups and they're so 
there's so like so much like subtle not subtle attacks against me it's uh. very it's very disheartening <laughs> i don't know what like, i said about that I, I don't know what you said but it was something like basically anyone who likes this is like a garbage human being and deserves to die <laughs> you, you say that every time <laughs> And I know that's that you I know say. I love that film. I know you know well, I love that film. I just figured you love that film. I assumed And Adam much. Green is like, is my little cuddle bear. I like him so much. <laughs> Your little cuddle bear. And um, yeah, I was, I was very displeased with you. And I was like, God damn it. I mean, some of your choices, I was like, eh, fine. I can't remember what else. I mean. I remember Slasher, Slasher season, season two. two which yeah. I haven't seen, so I don't have an opinion. I haven't seen The Empty Man. Yeah, it's not good. What else did you pick? I don't remember. Why did we remember the same three ones and not the other two? I don't... There was another one I think I disagreed with, but I can't remember what it was. I, I don't remember what it was either. Um, but I like doing those. Those are fun. I like that we do that on social media. So if you haven't checked out our social, um, especially Instagram, we do these like... I share my top five favorites in the subgenre that we're talking about, and Casey shares the films he hates the most. Ah, Black Christmas was one. Oh, the 2019. I haven't seen that one yet either, but I bet I would disagree with you if I was going to guess. Yeah. Because especially like your rationale for it, I was like, mm. because it, let me just quick aside, it makes me kind of fucking crazy when people are like, oh, I hate that like the new Black Christmas has a feminist agenda. And like, I don't think it had a feminist agenda. <clears throat> I just think it, it was a very strange choice in storytelling. It was a movie that didn't need to be made. Plain and simple. I mean, I guess you could say that about any remake, but... Well, some, yeah. Uh, and the other one was right. ATM. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I like ATM. <clears throat> I'm not going to die on a cross for ATM, but, you know, like... I don't hate it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so next, uh, in two weeks, we'll be back. And uh, we're actually going to be kind of in honor of Scream. We're going to mm. be talking about um, <clears throat> the graveyard. So basically, uh, January is known as a dumping ground for kind of the worst horror. Um, well, and movies there are some in general, have, isn't it? Yeah. There are, yes, there are some films that have kind of subverted that expectation, but um, we're going to be talking about films that were released in January, and uh, we will, again, be doing a list on social where we talk about what are some of the good ones, what are some of the worst ones. There are some definitely stinkers in there, for sure. Um, I don't know. I was hoping you would have seen Scream before we talked, so we could talk about where that falls, but I don't know if you're going to make it or not. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Unless I can get my hands on it by nefarious means. Oh, no. Don't do that. I cannot. Which... I can't condone that publicly. <laughs> publicly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, maybe theaters will open back up in the next two weeks. I highly I doubt so. it. But Yeah. Well, there's... being safe is more important, but still. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so that, that'll be a fun one. I'm kind of excited about that. Well, I mean, that could be a potential for us agreeing on everything again. You think? I don't think. Well, well I mean, you like oh. everything, so. 
It's hard to say. And you generally hate everything, which is why we argue a lot. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because, I mean, they're typically bad movies that are released in January. So there's a good chance maybe you won't actually like them as much as usual. Maybe. I don't even know what I'm going to pick for us to watch. I haven't even thought about it yet. It's so hard. It's so hard to find something I haven't seen that I, like, want to see. Because either if I haven't seen it, it's usually because I was avoiding it. Mm-hmm. So to find something that it's like, I haven't seen it, and I think it would actually be worth watching and talking about is a, it's always a little bit of a challenge, but it's fun. I enjoy it. And that's where the picks like Red Snow come from. <laughs> I liked Red Snow. Of course you did. Red Snow, like, was comfort food. It made me, like, feel good at the end you of the crappy day. You have too much comfort it. food in your life that you should be 7,000 pounds. You cannot. Well, this is what, like. Thank God I have movies for comfort food, and it's not all just Hagen Doss, even though sometimes it is Hagen Doss. Um, yeah, I mean, you can never have too much comfort food in your life because the world is a very uncomforting place, and you need every like tool at your disposal to deal with it. That is my stance, and I stand by it. Okay, you can have your stance. My like stance. Ble- <laughs> go on, go on. No, no. No, say I like this bleak. Like I think Antlers is a very good film. But holy shit, it's depressing, and it did not make me feel warm and fuzzy. So. Well, I mean, it didn't make me depressed by watching it, either. It did me, man. I was, like, bummed yeah. out. No, it didn't have that. I, I, I left it feeling kind of, like, good, because I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, it's it's definitely nice to watch a film that you're like, shit, that was a good film. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's pretty, that's pretty bleak. It, like I said, it's not as depressing as people made it out to be. You don't actually see any of the abuse that is talked about, which is, it's just alluded to, which is fine. Like, I don't, if they had shown a lot of the things that they talked about, then yeah. Yeah, then you get into territories where it's uncomfortable to watch. Then it would have been, like, exploitative, I think. Yeah. So. so I think it was tasteful the way they did it. They mentioned it. Yeah. They talked about it. And it didn't, it wasn't the overbearing arc of the entire movie. Yeah. No, it was so. a really, really great way. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Welcome back. That was fun to return to form. I, I miss doing this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is some other news <laughs> on the front of what you can do for oh, reviews and shit. stuff. Oh, oh hey. I just dropped something. Oh, Never mind. Hey, we're good. Oh, um, my God. I heard that. That was so loud, Casey. It probably Jesus was very Christ. loud. It probably was. <laughs> I need to get a new mic stand. This one is... Um, if I had done that, you would have lost your mind. I would have lost my mind. You're right. What Why are you fiddling with happened? shit? Anyway. <laughs> um... You can now leave officially. We we pondered this before, but we have an answer now. You can leave ratings on Spotify. Can't leave reviews just yet, but you can leave a rating out of five stars. So if you leave a five star rating, just, you know, send us a message on social media and let us know. And that way we can shout you out on the show. Uh, and side and note, I think you can only do it on mobile. You can only do it on mobile right now. On yeah, there's yeah. no option for desktop or browser just yet that I know of. Uh, it's only on mobile. So if you have the app, do it. Uh, I noticed 11 people have done it so far, so that's fantastic. And it's all been five and stars. It, and it literally takes like half a second. I mean, it's the easiest fucking thing that yeah. you can do for the site. You don't even have to say a nice thing. You just give us a five star Just give us a rating. All in a day. Yeah. And, and you have to listen to at least will... 30 seconds of an episode. But if you're this far in and you're hearing it now, you've listened to at least 30 seconds. So. Yeah, I mean, if you don't if you don't listen to the show on Spotify, just go and like play a show, a, an episode for a few seconds or whatever, and then yeah. you can rank it on Spotify. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that's going to be the new metric by which we measure our ratings because 
I don't think anybody and has iTunes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody has iTunes anymore uh, or uses it frequently. Uh, I think Spotify is the new king of audio. So we'll, we'll stick with that. But you can still leave reviews on Apple, iTunes, podcast, uh, whatever the app is called on your phone. And you can still leave the review. We'll still enter you into the draw to win stuff. I just assume that's still going on. Did I just like put my foot in my mouth? No, I mean, listen, it's it's pretty much we're always willing to give shit away. Yeah. Stephanie's loaded and she has ins with like various film companies and she's like best friends with Steven Spielberg. So uh, all the free shit you want. You're just giving away all my secrets. Yeah. Well, so you got a head in life. It's all nepotism. (laughs) Yeah. That's how that's why I'm so freaking successful right now. So I'm so connected. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Jealous. (laughs) <laughs> Miss Influencer for unnamed studio that I can't mention. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I can. Um, uh, yeah, anyways. I mean, you no, can mention it, but... Oh, well, whatever. It's fine. This is your announcement to make, so you can do it. Uh, <laughs> if you feel like it. I don't. Okay. So you can still <laughs> do the iTunes thing, or you can do the Anchor thing and leave us a voice message. All up yes. to you. And I will just point out, that the last voice message, we never get voice messages, so I'm just going to say that right now, just make you feel a little sad for us. But um, <laughs> the last one we did get was somebody saying, hey, you guys should do a live watch of Repo and talk about it. And then we fucking did it. So I just want you to know, again, we actually listen to message yeah. and you give us feedback or tell us to do something, unless it's like absolutely out of control, we're probably going to do it. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of power. You wield a lot of power. And if you want to use it um, responsibly, I recommend doing that. Or irresponsibly. It is completely Yeah, you can you. use it irresponsibly. I mean, we might do something. Who knows? I mean, we're pretty desperate. You could probably... I mean, we did that whole naked thing once already. So, I mean, there's not much more we can do. We did, but that was your idea, not a listener idea. You were like, an excuse to get naked and you're down, so... Yeah, that's fair. You wanted to do a lot more than that. You wanted to do like a whole video show or Yeah, well, I mean we were gonna stream it on Chatterbait and <laughs> And I was like, I think I have to uh I have to baby steps into this sort of whole sorted world of yours. Uh anyway, uh until the next time we pop on here and talk to your faces about movies. <laughs> have a good one. Bye guys.